Hey guys, we're in the middle of a, of a series that we started last week and welcome to all of our YouTubers online right now. Uh, we're in a series uh, that's called The Power Of... Dot, dot, dot. Last week we began to speak about uh, a couple of things that are in the Word of God, the power of agreement. When we pray together and agree with God and we agree with His Word and with one another, uh, it's powerful. So I hope you went to a group this week and got to pray with someone and, and found the power of agreement. Then we talked last Sunday night about the power of inclusion. Both of those messages are on podcast and just the power of us bringing people into our world of hospitality, of, of acceptance, and the power of that to change people's lives lives. And so these are, these are powerful principles. Sometimes the, the most powerful principles in the Bible are often the most uh, resisted by the enemy because he knows if we catch the principle, if we catch the truth, it will supercharge our Christian life. Uh, there's th things like speaking in tongues, things like uh, water baptism even, even, things like being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Even healing gets opposed sometimes in church circles or, or sometimes by religious people and ultimately by the enemy because he knows the power that's behind those things, all right? So we were committed here as a church to teach what the Bible says because in it comes the power of God for our lives. And this morning, I want to teach you and remind us about the power of the tithe, the power of the tithe. And I like to sort of make a commitment at least once a year just to take one Sunday to help us around this area, this life-giving principle of the tithe. And I'm going to explain it this morning. We're going to look at the Word of God this morning together. And my hope is not to do this in a religious way. Uh, I don't want to do this in a lawful way. Uh, I want to do it in a life-giving way, not a way that produces fear, but one that produces revelation that helps us. I personally experienced tithing and the, and the blessing of tithing since I was a little kid, and my family's experienced that blessing, and I've seen people who come into this church and get that revelation of what tithing is, and I've seen them experience the blessing that goes with that, all right? Now, let's just be really clear at the outset. Tithing will not get you into heaven, okay? Just like church attendance will not get you into heaven. These aren't, these aren't salvation things, okay? It's only the person of Jesus Christ and His holiness and acceptance of Christ that gets us into heaven, okay? So it's through Jesus that we're made holy, not through tithing, not through church attendance, not through reading our Bible. It's through acceptance and faith in Christ. But Jesus outlines principles that will help us succeed in our life, that will help us in all sorts of areas to keep our heart in the right place, to align ourselves to God's leadership over our lives. And those principles are what we're talking about here today, and tithing is one of those. I'm going to talk about the principle of the tithe, the purpose of the tithe, the promise of the tithe, and the power of the tithe this morning. Now, if you're already a tither, this will be a great encouragement to you today. This will strengthen your faith and it'll help you in, in this area of, of accessing the, the, both the promise and the power of the tithe. If you're not in that space, uh, then just open up your heart and open up your mind because my aim here is not to get money off you. It's to get blessing to you by understanding how God's Word works. Okay, that's, that's the truth of what we're doing. So we're not going to look at John Pierce's opinion, but we're going to look at what the Word of God says together, all right? So I've got eight principles. So strap your seatbelts in, turn to your neighbor and say, this is going to help you today. <laughs> As we look at the tithe, what it means, the principle. First one is simply this. The word tithe in Hebrew means tenth, okay? The word tithe in Hebrew 
literally means tenth, okay? So sometimes as someone becomes a Christian and goes on the journey of learning to be generous because it's so foreign often for us when we come to faith in Christ, it's not our experience. Sometimes someone will say, well, well, I'm going to start at maybe 3% or 5%. And that's awesome as a journey towards the tithe. But let's just what we've got to be clear of is you can't say, oh, I'm tithing 5% at the moment. Because that would be like saying, okay, I'm going to kick a try. It doesn't work. That would be like saying, okay, for those of you who understand rugby, that would be like for AFL fans, I'm going to handball a goal. It doesn't work. That would be like a father, and I know a few like this, who, who sometimes say, oh, I'm going to babysit my kids. Take young. If they're your kids, it's not babysitting, is it? Come on, help me out here right now. It's, if they're your kids, you're looking after your kids. That's not babysitting, just to be clear this morning. Just want to help someone today. Want to help someone, right? And it's the same thing. The tithe, 5% is not a tithe because a tithe means tenth. So it's, it's only a tithe when it's a tenth. So that's the principle of the Word of God. That's number one. Let's go to number two. Uh, we tithe on the financial increase in our lives. This is the principle. Uh, Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with, all, with the first fruits of all your increase. Your increase. So in the Bible, often it talks about the word tithe. Other times it talks about first fruits or the, uh, the first fruits. It was an agrarian culture. They were farmers. They were sheep farmers. They were shepherds. They were crop uh, croppers. And so what they would do, the principle was once, when the crop would yield all its fruit, uh, the, the, the concept was you would take the first fruits or the first tenth and you would bring them to the house of God off the top, the first, okay? So that's why sometimes it talks about first fruits, sometimes tenth, okay, or, or the word tithe. And so you, you tithe on your increase. So that means in my life, if my wage might be the increase, uh, a bonus I get is increase. Payments that I receive from the government are increase. Uh, my salary is an increase. Uh, any net profit from any business or projects or sale of things. So I, I might buy this, uh, this thing for $100, spend $20 getting it ready to sell, and then I sell it for $200. I just made Help me out, somebody. $80, all right, $120. Just the increase, if it cost me $10 to advertise it, I made $70, whatever the case may be. It's increase to you. Uh, so, for example, for Dan and I, we bought an investment property many years ago. Uh, we bought it for $92,000. Remember those days? Okay, after about five years, we sold it for $215,000. It was a good moment for us. It was a whole God story. But in the, in the process of that, so that $215,000, uh, we took off what we paid the agent, the advertising fees, any capital costs to improve the property, and then the, dis the difference between what we bought it for and what we sold it for, less expenses, uh, was, the, was the profit we made. It was the increase. And so then we tithed on the increase, and we tithed into, into our church on the increase, and then we were able to give uh, a fair bit of it as well to the building fund, separate issue, all right? So we tithed on the increase. Everybody say increase. You're doing well so far. Uh, the tithe is the first. Oh, I just want to give one little thought about an exception that, that uh, to me is more a matter of conscience. It's not necessarily increased because I often get asked this. And it's like if I get an inheritance from my parents, 
it, should that be called increase? And I often imagine it like this. Uh, if you're living on the family farm and your parents passed away and they left you the family farm, does that mean you've got to go into debt or find 10% of the value of the family farm to give from an inheritance point of view? And my answer to that would be no, because it's been kept in the family. It's not actually increase. It's yours as part of the family. So it becomes a matter of conscience. We've received uh, inheritance money as cash before and we've tithed on it. Not legalistically, but just because we felt out, out of our attitude with God that we should. But I would just, to me, that would be the exception where an inheritance isn't necessarily increase, but it's a matter of conscience for you. Making sense today, all right? All right, so let's keep going. Number three, the tithe is the first 10% of our increase. It's not the last or the third or the second last. It's the first. Exodus 23, 19, as you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. So the, so the first, it's off the top. It's the first fruits. It's the, it's, it's the, we, we harvested the crop and here we go. Let's bring the first to God. Because in bringing the first to God, I'm saying, God, you come first in my life. It's the first. It's the best. Number four, we tithe to our local church. Okay, this is the principle in, in the, um, both that runs through the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm going to cover this off in a moment. Exodus 23, 19, same scripture. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest to the house of the Lord your God. Okay, the house of God, where you're part of it. Malachi says, bring all your tithes into the storehouse. And the concept of this in the Old Testament was it was the supply of the, the priests. It was the feeding of the priests. Literally, that, that, that food that was brought in was for their whole families to survive because they weren't earning wages. So this means I bring it to the local church, my church, the church I'm part of. If you're not part of this church, I wouldn't want you to give your tithe to us today. I'd want you to bring it or send it to your local church. Uh, in, in that sense, that means if, I'm, if I've got a compassion child, that's not my tithe. That's awesome. That's me giving, but it's not my tithe because it's not my local church. If, I, if I've got a missionary overseas, I'm supporting. Fantastic. That's awesome, but that's not my tithe. If, if, if my neighbor needs some money and I give them some money, I go, that's awesome, but that's not my tithe. Okay. Otherwise, I would know some university students who would tell me that they've got a mission to the university field and they're going to start tithing to themselves. I know some of those, uh, quite related possibly to some of those. If there was possibilities for that to be an exception, then that's how they would start thinking. Do you want to support my missionary work and tithe to me? No, that's not how it works. The tithe goes to the local church. All right, fantastic. All right, let's keep going. The tithe belongs to God and is holy. This is just some principles of the tithe. It's holy. Uh, that means it's separated. That's consecrated. That means uh, if I was to grab seven people and put one aside, uh, the, that literally would mean that they are separated from a whole group. That, and, and it would mean in, in the Hebrew that they're holy because holy means separated. So from God's point of view, in Leviticus, he says, all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So here's the thing, the tithe belongs to God. It's His, whether it's in your house, in your bank account, being spent on your things, or whether you bought it to the house of God, from God's point of view, the tithe is His and it's holy. Okay, that's why Malachi says, guys, you're robbing God. 
because you're taking what's his and you're not bringing it to his house, you're robbing him because it belongs to him. I, I find what that means like, if I'm holding on to the tithe, it's so holy, it will start to burn a hole in my pocket. That's a little play on words. You see what I did there? Okay, oh, just a little one. It, it'll, it will, it's actually God's. And so if, it, if it's in my life when it shouldn't be in my life, there become consequences of that because it's his. So if you, if you, when you understand this, you're like, here comes my income. Get it out of the house quickly. Get it into the house because it's God's. You just understand that because the tithe is holy. Okay, keep going. Uh, tithing is the, an issue of stewardship. Stewardship. That means uh, one chronicle says, but who I am and who are my people that we could give anything to you. Everything we have has come from you, and we only give to you what you first gave to us. You've got a, one of the most powerful principles for your financial world to understand is it's all God's. And I'm just a steward or a manager of it. So if I'm bringing, if he says, now here's the, here's the deal, when you use my funds, I, I want the first 10% back because it's mine. When you understand that, then that, that's a principle of, oh, it's not mine. It's God's and I'm bringing it back. Anyone who thinks that their money and possessions are theirs will be controlled by their money and possessions. But when you understand it's God's, you can give it easy. You can release it easy because it's His, okay? That's the principle of stewardship. All right, the, the last principle, I have no two to go of the principles, is this. Tithing is a test of our surrender to God. It's a test. The, the number 10 throughout the Bible means test. So there, there was 10 plagues to test Pharaoh's heart. Jacob's wages were changed 10 times by Laban. Daniel was tested for 10 days. There are 10 commandments to test our heart of obedience to God. In Revelation, there will be 10 days of testing. We all know that there were 10 disciples. Just testing, see, I just wanted to see if you're awake and listening. There was actually 12. That was just to see if you're coming with me today, all right. Some of you are like, just, everyone's like, oh, 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 what? I don't know. So 10 is the number of testing, all right. Tithing is the test of are we surrendered to God? I prayed the prayer, be my Lord and Savior, Jesus. The test of whether he's my Lord and Savior is found in the tithe. All right, it's a test. It's a test. Every week we get the, it's a test. And principle number eight, okay, is this one. Tithing is about setting the direction of our heart. The direction of our heart. You've seen someone buy a brand new car, spend the money on the new car, and be out polishing it and waxing it and vacuuming it and smelling the leather every day. Come on, who's seen someone do that? It's like, oh, this is awesome. Why? Because my money went to that thing. Now my heart has followed my money. Okay, my heart follows my money. Malachi, God says to the people in, in the prof, through the prophet, he says, you've moved far away from me. You've stopped worshiping me. You've turned back from me. And then he says, I want you to return to me. I want to be your God. I want to bless you. I want you to worship me. I want the best for you. And they ask the question, how have we moved away from you, God? And how can we return to you? And Malachi chapter 3 says, I'm the Lord God. I do not change. Through the Old Testament and the New Testament, God doesn't change. 
and his principle doesn't change. That is why your descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of our ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? And then it goes into the classic scripture about tithing. And he says, will a man rob God? Return to me through your tithes and offerings. Because if your money comes towards me, your heart follows your money. And so when you bring the tithe to God, it's pointing my heart towards him that he comes first in my life. It's, it's a, a, I'm taking control of my world. Now, some of you may have heard of the story of Colonel Sanders, the KFC, you know, Colonel Harlan Sanders. Great story about him. You know, great story of persistence in his life. Great story of, you know, not giving up. Uh, but some of you may not be aware that when he, when he was in his 60s, he actually had been successful for a three or four years, about five years with his KFC brand. He walked into a church of a, a Pastor Rogers, and I've heard his son speak. I've met his son. So the son was Bob Rogers. And the, the father, uh, he came into this church of Pastor Wayman Rogers, and he came and he knelt down the front at the end of an altar call, weeping as he's heard the salvation message. And the, the pastor said, do you want to give your life to God? Do you want to be born again? He said, yes, I do. Do you think God can stop me cussing? Because he had a swearing and blaspheming problem. And the pastor said, absolutely, God can stop you from cussing. And he got delivered in that moment. He never swore again. He got, he got born again. Because when you get born again, you're not just trying to become a better person. You become a new person. You become changed because God changes you on the inside. And the colonel got saved in that moment and he got changed. And you know what? Today you might be here and you've never, you've never received Christ. And you're like, I couldn't change myself. You don't have to change yourself. You just got to surrender to God. And His power will make you a brand new person. And at the end of the service, there'll be a moment like that where you can surrender to God and become a brand new person. Anyway, the colonel got radically saved. He got healed supernaturally not long afterwards. He was supposed to go and have an operation on his colon to remove uh, lumps that were growing there. And he went in. His pastor prayed for him. He went in and they couldn't find any. He got supernaturally healed. But here's the fascinating story for me. He was, he was loaded at this point when he got saved. But at that, within three days of getting born again because his heart had changed, he came to the church with a check uh, of about $30,000. It was his tithe check. Because your heart and your money are linked. Tithing is about linking. This is what he says. He says, my prayers have always been of thankfulness. God has been so good to me. I've been a great believer in tithing. That's the colonel. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That just probably earned some KFC for lunch today for somebody, I'm pretty sure. I can hear mum and dad in the car on the way home. So what did you get out of the sermon today? Oh, the KFC was a Christian, so we should have some for lunch. Come on, who's hearing me right now? Okay, all right. Just the smell as you drive past is compulsive. It just gets you. All right. So there we are. That's it. it tithing determines the direction of your heart. Matthew 6.21 says, where your treasure is. There your heart will be also. There your heart will be also. They're, they're the principles of the time. Uh, you'll, you'll find this, you'll, of the tithe. You'll find this, that the principle of the tithe runs all the way through the Bible. The principles behind it. You go into the Garden of Eden. God creates Adam and Eve and he says, I've got, you can have all of this, but there's one tree you can't touch because it's holy and separated and it's a test 
That's the principle of the tithe. Starts in the garden. You go a little bit further, and Cain and Abel. There's murder over this particular situation, but Abel, it says, brought the first fruit, firstborn of his flock to God. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain. And that's because it says Cain, in the process of time, bought his offering. One bought the best and first. The other took his time and bought an offering. And God says, I respect that one, but I don't respect that one because you didn't put me first. And now your heart's in trouble because sin's crouching at your door. That's the You just keep going all the way through. Abraham, this is 400 years before the law was created. Some people are like, oh, but the law is just, it's all about the tithe. It's just the, it's just the law. They have that sort of, it's just the law as if it's not a principle all the way through the Bible. Abraham, who's the father of our faith, separate to the law, who's talked about all through the New Testament as the father of our faith. He has a moment with the king of Salem, a king who there's no beginning and no end to. His name's Melchizedek. He just appears out of nowhere. He's a king of Salem and he's a high priest of of God Most High. And many people believe it was Jesus pre-incarnate walking into the New Testament to establish what the walk of faith would look like with Abraham, who's coming back from a battle, and he brings him, guess what, what we did today, communion, he brings him, a, he brings him wine and bread, and he blesses him. Isn't that Jesus, our king, our high priest, who walks into our lives and he blesses us? And Abraham, the Bible tells us, the father of faith, gave him a tenth of all that he'd recovered in that battle. The principle of the tithe kicks in where faith kicks in. It's already been through the Bible. Keep going. Jacob meets God in a place with ladders and angels and has this encounter with God. You can read about it in in Genesis 28. And at the end of it, he said, this is none other than the house of God. Hebrew word Bethel, the house of God. And the Bible says, and he gave him a tenth of all of his increase from that point on. He met God in the house And he begins to tithe. You just go right through. Moses talks about it. Joshua talks about it. They go into into the promised land. And the Lord says, now the first city of the promised land is Jericho. That's all mine. Principle of the tithe. Or the first, it's mine. Don't touch it. From then on, whatever cities you take, it's all yours. One guy ignores the rule. His name's Achan. And everyone's Achan after it because of him. Here, Achan. I know, I know, right? I make up my own jokes, okay? After that moment, uh, they, they, they actually go to take the next city and the blessing of God's off them. They get defeated in the next battle because God's blessing is off them. Why? Because somebody kept what was holy that should have belonged to God. You're like, whoa, that's scary, John, but at least that's Old Testament. I go, well, let's just jump into the New Testament for a moment. And someone called Ananias and Sapphira come along to God and say, God, you can have our house. We're making a pledge that it's holy and separated to you. God takes it seriously when you say something's holy and it's his. And a little bit later, they go, oh, we sold the house and here's all the proceeds. And they go, is that all the proceeds? And they go, yes, but they'd cream some off the top for themselves. And they actually were carried out dead. Okay, not to get real fearful and heavy on us right now, just for a moment. But can I just, that, that's New Testament. Something was holy, lied about and kept back. Jesus said this, okay. Let's go to the letters of red in the, in the Bible. Jesus said it like this. Uh, where are we? Uh, Luke eleven forty two. 42. He was talking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees were so religious that when they went out to their herb garden and bought in the mint, they Lord, make sure to take the first tenth off. 
There's five leaves. Better take that to church on Sunday. Oh, and then here's the, and they, these things, out. they're so religious about everything. And Jesus talks to them and he says, guys, guys, you're so locked in. You tied mint and rue and all manner of herbs, but you pass by justice and the love of God. You're so locked into law and rules, you miss the heart behind it, which is justice and love and helping people. And this is what Jesus says. These things you ought to have done. You should have tithed. It's a given. That's my way. That's how, that's how I do it. But just don't get so caught up in the detail of that that you forget about justice and love and faith. And, and you go on further in Hebrews and it talks about how Melchizedek was a high priest in the, in the type of Jesus. And it really essentially tells us when we bring the tithe to the house of God, we're bringing it to Jesus. Your tithe is, although it's for in the house, it's going to Jesus. It's the principle all through the word of God. All right, so that's the principle of the tithe. Let me close out with three things going from here about it. Are we helping anybody today? The next is the purpose of the tithe. The purpose of the tithe is to fund the ministry of his house. In the Old Testament, it was mostly about the food for the priests and the Levites and all the family, okay? That was the purpose of the tithe. Uh, there's two things for me when I encourage people to tithe. One, I want you to get the promise and the power of the tithe happening in your life. But two, I, there's vision for this house that I want us to fulfill that only gets fulfilled when God's economy is fulfilled, which is people bringing their tithe. If we all bring our tithe, we can do everything that God wants us to do as a church. So that's kind of two thoughts behind that. The purpose is to fund the ministry of his house, the promise of the tithe. So this is the promise if you're a tither. You, you have what I call tither's rights when you become a tither. It's peace, provision, and protection. Peace, when you begin to tithe, a peace will come on you. It'll come into your house. Will come into your home because you're you're getting you're doing it God's way. That's a that's a that's an an un, sort of describable, if you like, or a, an intangible dimension of the tithe peace. The next part of it is provision. Don't be mistaken. It's not just about peace. It's not just about family relationships going well. It's it's about provision. Proverbs three nine and ten. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then here's the promise. He will fill your barns with grain. Your vats will overflow with good wine. Now, if you're a farmer, that's good news. For you and I, it looks different in our day and age. Then God will provide for you. Malachi 3 says he'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing over you that you cannot contain. That blessing means both peace and provision. And it goes on and it says he'll rebuke the devourer. The devourer wants to destroy your finances. When you're not tithing, God's not stopping. He's not going in between. When you tithe, God starts to get involved. He starts to be your protector of your finance as well as being your provider. You'll find God will take your 90% and make it go way further than your 100. you could make your 100% go. That's the promise of the tithe, an open heaven over our lives. The last thing is the power of the tithe. The power of the tithe is it breaks the spirit of mammon over your life. What's the spirit of mammon, I hear you ask? Well, some of you might, you might have grown up in a family where money ruled over every decision and over every relationship. 
You might have been in a family where Nana and Papa broke up or split up and, and money was the core issue. That's the spirit of mammon, a demonic spirit that gets in amongst relationships over finances. You just got to have a will read out for family to see the spirit of mammon start to manifest in people's lives. I heard someone say, if you come and work for me, you'll make, uh, uh, make $200,000 a year and at that point your family won't be that much important to you if you can make that much money. That is the spirit of mammon. The spirit of mammon, which is a demonic spirit, which is on all the money in the world, it's the world system, says this, I can solve all your problems and if you don't have me, you'll never have true happiness. It screams at the world. All your problems will be answered through me. Money, mammon, I'm the answer. I'm your answer. Just get some more of me, you'll solve that problem. Just get some more of me, you'll solve that problem. It's a spirit. It also says, I will make you happy because I can buy you things that will give you happiness. That's a spirit. It's an antichrist. It's the opposite of God because we know God is the only one who can solve our problems. God is the only one who can give us true happiness and fulfillment. And so this spirit, it screams over your money. So what, the, the way you break its power, this is the power of the tie. As you go, God, I earned $500 this week. The first 50, although it looks tight, although I'm going to have to sacrifice some things, I'm going to have to go without some stuff. I look at Russell and Rita Smith and in the early days when they became Christians and with a little family of four, homeschooling and Russell working in a bank, it wasn't that they were tithing out of the extra money they had lying around. It meant Vegemite sandwiches. It meant sacrifices to establish a pattern in your life where God comes first and to break the spirit of mammon that's screaming at you, intimidating you. You don't have enough. You'll never be happy. You'll never get through this. And God says, who's going to be your God? Money or me? Because the tithe is the test. And when you bring the tithe, you break that spirit over the rest of your money so you won't be controlled by it. It wants to control you. God wants to set you free and take you into a new dimension. Can we close our eyes right now, right across this place? Father, I thank you for your presence that's here today. I thank you, Jesus. You said you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I pray today, I can, I can feel truth being released, Lord. I can feel the lights going on for people. Father, I'm praying for revelation to change hearts, minds, circumstances. Right through this place, right through this place, every heart hearing from God, every heart tuning in to God. This is the moment God speaks, even as I've been speaking, He speaks to your heart. Your mind can argue, come up with all the reasons why not, but God's speaking to your heart. There's a power in your tithe. There's a blessing in your tithe. There's an open heaven in your tithe. It's in your hands. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.